Want a date? Got any money? Going out? Jersey boy. Dr. Jersey boy. Lovely. She'd be so proud of us. <laughs> She's queen. Mother. Girls Who Cried Before episode of 2024. How exciting. Uh, and oh my God, Jesus Christ. I know. Lies. God have mercy. Um, as always, I'm Anya. Hi, I'm Alex. I don't, I'm not ready for 2024 yet, but you know, no. here we are. Um, I'm very excited to start the year off with a film that I think we both really love, yeah. especially because no shade to, you know, the last two films, but they have no not shade. Been. Um, absolutely shade. <laughs> you know, Pumpkinhead was pretty okay. Um, but then since Halloween, it's kind of been a downward slope in terms of content. So I was like, you know what? Whatever I pick this month, it needs to be something that is really going to serve that we really love and appreciate yeah. and want to recommend to people. So we've done two Frank Hennon Lauder films already in Basket Case and Brain Damage, which I think are both one of our like brain damage is definitely my favorite head and lauder and i think basket case is yours um although spoiler alert this one might actually be my favorite um, i think this one is my favorite okay yeah because i think originally when i had well, seen them i had okay we'll get to it <laughs> anyway all this to say we're rounding out the franken frank hen and lauder trilogy of masterpieces with the 1990 film Frankenhooker, which I also want to just preface by saying that I know I can speak for both of us. I believe that we do not use the word hooker in our no. daily life it is not a great word, but we will be saying hooker throughout the film because it is part of the title and it is how they are referred to. So, you know, just putting that out there. Yeah. I mean, the title of the film is Frankenhooker. I will most likely be referring to these women as sex workers because that's what they are, but I think mostly if you're listening to this episode, you're not going to be like jarred <laughs> by the term hooker coming up since it's in the title. Um, but yeah, certainly not a first watch for either of us. Um, and funny enough, we had a conversation this fucking past Halloween because I think you had watched Freaking Hooker for the first time this mm -hmm. past year at some point, And you were like, oh, like you had possibly wanted to do Frankenhooker as a Halloween costume. You're talking about it. And I was like, well, that's so funny because I was actually going to do Frankenhooker as my Halloween costume this year. But then at the time there was like money stuff going on. And I was like, and I, when I do Halloween costumes, I'm like, I'm putting my pussy into this shit. So I was like, I can't like afford to get all the per like the pieces because there's like a lot of makeup. I feel with that mm -hmm. one, you got to put like the different like arms and stitches piece together. But yeah, so funny that you know great minds think alike, and we are almost both Frankenhooker. But now I feel like because we both didn't do it, whatever we decide to do in the future, we have to be Frankenhooker the same year. We both have to be Frankenhooker. I mean, I'm down for it next year. It was really funny because yeah, it's always been on my list. I've always wanted to see it, um, and I know that you had seen it far before I had and recommended it. And it was one of those movies where I've been trying to get Greg to watch it for a long time. And we have like a jar of movies that we like each write occasionally and we'll put in the little jar. So when we can't decide what to watch, 
I'm like, fine, we're going to pick from the jar and that's going to be it. And Frankenhooker has been in that jar for like two years and has never been picked. And so when Halloween came around, I was like, I'm not waiting anymore. I don't care. I want to watch Frankenhooker. And yeah, it was a masterpiece. Like right when it ended, I was like, wow, I want to beat her for Halloween so desperately. And I had no idea that you were thinking the same thing, but I should have known. Great minds. Yeah. Well, um, and yeah, on this rewatch, I feel like I just appreciated it just as much. Uh, you know, not one of those sad moments where you watch it back and you're like, I don't know what I was thinking that first time. Um, it's just so good. It's so fun. It's so delightful. Um, we'll obviously get into all the specifics about it, but yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say is on this watch, I'm currently home in New York with my family for the holidays. So I'm in my parents' home. And I was in our like basement where we have like a little like we call it a theater. It's not it's not that fancy. Just, like, it's a very nice TV. though. It's nice, yeah. And you know, everyone was doing shit upstairs. I was like, well, perfect time. I'll go watch Frankenhooker in the basement. And <laughs> as per usual, when I'm home, my mother's always looking for me. So I made it decently into the movie until you know my mother then came downstairs, and I was like, fuck me, because the scene that I was in. Um, did involve a lot of topless uh, sex workers mm-hmm. doing drugs and dancing around. And I was just like, hey, yeah, I'm just <laughs> watching a movie. What do you mean? Um, so that was, you know, a, a height of my rewatch experience. That's like my favorite scene. So honestly, Maurice is lucky that she got to witness it. Anytime I get to see boobs, I'm always just like, love it. There's what one woman who has the world's smallest nipples, I think. And it's incredible. I just, every time I, every time I see it, both times I've seen that, I've just like mentally noted how small her nipples are. And I'm like, wow, look at those. Amazing. Great work, God. Wow. Um, (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with large nipples, but it was just, you know, a noticeable thing. Mm. Um, But I actually think the first time I watched it, I, I really enjoyed it, but I don't know. There was something about this rewatch. I I rated it an entire star higher on my second watch. So it really hit for me this time. Um, I think it's kind of a masterpiece and I'm really excited to talk about it. Me too. Um, Well, if you want to watch it before we get into anything, it is streaming on a lot of platforms. Um, It's on the Criterion channel because it fucking should be. God bless. Um, It's on Peacock. It's on Tubi, Pluto TV, Vudu, YouTube. Anything else that you can think of? It's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Oh, you're right. I don't know why I don't watch it on Shutter. Yes. Okay. It's it's everywhere because I do think there's kind of like a resurgence right now happening for Frankenhooker in the same way that like I feel like over the last few years, Killer Clowns from Outer Space has kind of become a bigger thing where like all of the horror like places like Fright Rags and Cavity Colors I feel like have really started taking over. Like we're doing all kinds of like Killer Clowns content and like merchandise because it's like fun and you know it's it's relevant again and I feel like Frankenhooker is the same thing because this year when I was doing Christmas shopping there was so much Frankenhooker stuff that I had never seen before and I was like okay I love this Frankenhooker stuff right am I crazy does Fright Rags have Frankenhooker they have a couple there was one t-shirt that I was obsessed with I wanted to get for Greg but it was sold out and I'm Mm -hmm. I have it like ready to go if it ever comes back and stuff. You can put the thing. It'll notify you. Oh, I did. Don't you worry. Um, Just a quick tangent. Something that I like, because I follow like a decent amount of like, of like these horror merch places, especially like like, the really popular ones, Mm -hmm. like Fright Rags, Cavity Colors, whatever. 
unless I'm missing it or they did it a while ago and I never saw it and it's like in the vault somewhere, none of these motherfuckers have done like a fucking Final Destination collection. Me and my girls talk about this all the time where it's just like, where the fuck is the Final Destination merch? I need my Claire Rivers. Girl, literally, I'm just like... (laughs) I would love to rock like a Final Destination like OG like t-shirt. Oh, yeah. sure they do those like really cool like full like poster design shirts like at Fright Rags. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god, please. Oh yeah. yeah, I would definitely. Final Destination 2 you should have like a truck with all the logs. It could be very spooky. Final Destination 3, give me that tanning bed shirt, bitch. Mm, give it to I me. Want, I want a nice big roller coaster shirt yeah. with the thing coming off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, everybody, listen to us. This is the next one that needs to be 2024 because they always do it. They're like, oh, we have like big new releases coming for the new year. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, get the official licensing already. Hurry up. This is priority one. It's true. There's a lot of material there. There's a lot of films. Yeah, literally. And there's also like, like going to be a new one coming out, I assume, this year. Of course there is. Always. <sighs> All right. Well, before we jump into the background facts, Anya, why don't you give people a rundown of Frankenhooker? Okay, I'm going to try to treat this as broad and brief as possible, Great. simply because we're we love this movie so much. I'm sure we're going to talk about so many specific things. But Frankenhooker, um, it starts out. We meet our couple, Jeffrey and Elizabeth. They are at a like family birthday picnic. Yada yada yada. Jeffrey is in the motherfucking kitchen operating on a sentient brain with a giant eyeball in the center of it, which everyone kind of acts like is normal. They're just kind of like, he's a little little weird, but like, we love him or whatever. And um, Elizabeth is out in the back, um, chomping on some pretzels. Yada, yada, yada. They're a happy couple. They're set to be engaged. All is well. Time to open gifts at this party. And Jeffrey has given um, Elizabeth's father, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, this lawnmower. Or they collectively have given us this lawnmower. But Jeffrey has enhanced it with his, you know, scientific abilities um, so that it's like remote controlled and blah, blah. So eager, Elizabeth is showing her dad, like, look at all the controls. It can do this and this and this. And Jeffrey's like, "Uh, girly pop, don't stand in front of that lawnmower. And she's not listening because she's so excited. And then she hits the wrong button and it gets set off. And in classic perfect B-horror style, she has definitely plenty of time to get the fuck out of the way. But she just turns <laughs> toward the mower and it's like, ah! And then she is off screen, splattered, cut into chunks. Then we get the opening titles, da da da. And as the movie begins, it's now Jeffrey coping with the fact that the love of his life, his fiance, has been cut to pieces. The police are investigating, you know, the crime scene and they're saying that like certain pieces of her are missing. They can't say which yet because they haven't even been able to, to put everything together. Um, da, 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 da. And we're with Jeffrey. He's living with his mom um, and he's clearly trying to draw up sch- schematics is not the right term, but like some sort of plan to rebuild elizabeth a body um meanwhile keeping her severed head one of her hands and a foot in this freezer that is filled with some estrogen based um formula serum thing that's keeping her as fresh as can be as a severed head um she's not sentient as a separate head though that should be said i also um, want to say that it keeps her hair completely dry somehow oh yeah like when they do it in reverse they take her head out yeah. and it's dry i know i love that um but 
meanwhile, you know, he's still clearly in love with her. He's like taking her head out to have dinners with her. He's like showing her all these bodies, which funny enough is like hit her picture cut out of a, like a photo and then taped onto the bodies of like naked centerfolds. I just have to say that that photo of her head, which looks like he took it like post-mortem, like of her decapitated head almost, is framed about 12 times around his bedroom along with like 20 other framed photos of her. But like that one specific photo is like everywhere. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I I love it. And all this to say, he's telling her like, I can give you anybody you want. Um, Blah, blah, blah. So then it becomes time where he's like, oh, well, like, because it's very Frankenstein story, um, he has to perform this fucking medical miracle surgery shit with putting her together again on the night that there's going to be this big storm, which is in two days. Um, So then he's like working himself up. He's like, I got to do this. I got to do this. So he decides the perfect plan is he's going to go across the river to New York City because they're in New Jersey. And he is going to prowl the streets in his car at night uh, for the sex workers. Um, And so he finds this girl and he's telling her like, oh, I need a bunch of girls. So she takes him to meet her pimp, I would assume the correct word is. Um, Zorro who's like okay like I'll cut you a deal because like he's like money's no issue like Jeffrey's like girl I I need a body like so here's the fucking money I don't give a shit so they're all under the impression that he's just throwing this big party and he wants all these girls for it so cut to night of the party it's like 20 sex workers in this room and you know the whole thing is they're like oh like he's not gonna like See, like sleep with any of us yet like he's just gonna play doctor so like we go along with it that's what he's paying for he's like a friend of Soros getting a good deal and at the end of like whatever like let's say an hour of like you know he's going through he's like measuring different parts of these women like using different tools to like measure their breasts and all this shit like very silly and stupid um they're like he'll pick his one girl that he likes and then he'll be able to have sex with her for 30 minutes so it gets to the end of the time and he's like pussying out. He's like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. Mind you, I forgot. He also, during this time, pre-getting to the sex workers, is in his lab concocting um, an advanced form of crack because he knows that all these sex workers, because um, he's seen it in person and on the news, are dying because they're overdosing on smoking crack. Um So he's invented super crack, um, which in theory he's going to give to the one sex worker he chooses because it will kill her and it will be quick and painless, supposedly, Um, even though he's tested it on a guinea pig who inhaled the smoke and then exploded into four pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. Rip. So he gets to the end of this and he's like, I can't do it. And they're all pissed because they're like, well, we're getting our money, bitch. Like, we fucking came and did this. So he throws him his bag and he's like, whatever, take the money. Don't you realize it's not even about the money. He's like slightly confessing to the fact that like he was going to kill them, but like without saying it. And like, they don't give a shit. They're not listening. Open the bag of money. What's in there? The super crack. They go ape shit. They like hold him down because he's trying to get it back. They all start smoking up the fucking super crack. Meanwhile, Zoro's downstairs getting pissed off because he's like, where are my girls at? So he starts stomping upstairs. This culminates in all of a sudden the girls don't feel so good. Splode, splode, splode. These bitches start exploding into pieces, which ends with Zoro opening the door as the final girl. Um, funny enough, she's not the final girl, but you know what I'm saying. The last girl standing explodes and her head slams into Zoro, knocking him out, which is how Jeffrey is able to get away. Takes the pieces he needs. Oh, he takes all the pieces because he's like, girls, you know, I'm sorry this happened. Um, he's a real feminist. 
And he's like, I'm going to put you back together, Queens. But I just like need to do my girlfriend first or my fiance. Brings all the pieces back, puts them on his fucking estrogen cooler. He then concocts his perfect body for Elizabeth, brings her back to life. But when she comes to, she's um, glitchy a little bit. And the only things coming out of her mouth are lines that the sex workers have previously said, like, want to date, got any money going out tonight? And then she starts repeating full on dialogue from the scene in which the sex workers were playing doctor with Jeffrey, um, you know, like saying like, this is Jeffrey, like Dr. Jeffrey, like, da 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 like, where's our money? Like, blah, all this stuff. She, because she says immediately upon consciousness, like, got any money or whatever. And like, Jeffrey says something that is not yes. She knocks him the fuck out. And leaves, goes to New York City, has a fucking night on the town, just on the street looking crazy, you know, stitched together, big old fucking platform boots, fucking bullet bra, purple bullet bra. And she keeps saying shit to people when they don't respond or they say no. She shoves them into the fucking street until finally she meets a guy who's like so eager. He's like, you're my dream woman, blah, blah, takes him to the hotel, um, gets on top of him. It would not appear, it would like... It almost feels like they're it we'll get into that, but like she has her way with him, which ultimately leads to him getting electrified um and exploding. Uh and then when she's trying to leave, another dude tries to have his chance at her, kisses her forcefully, he gets electrified and explodes. Um, until finally when she's out in the town, she ends up at a bar that Zoro's at, and she's running her fucking mouth about by accident, saying the things about Zoro that the sex workers would say. And you know, he comes up to her, blah, blah. He's like, who the fuck are you, blah, blah. And quite literally knocks her fucking block off. Um, her head snaps back and is barely held on. And Jeffrey gets her back and, you know, fixes her up in the lab. And he's like, oh, it wasn't supposed to be like this. And then when she comes to, she's Elizabeth again. And it's like, oh my God, solved. And she's, you know, like he's explaining everything to her, but then she's upset because she's like, this isn't my fucking body what is this? What did you do? And he's like, well, I couldn't get your body because it was like all many pieces. And in his eyes, he's like, it doesn't matter though. Like, don't even worry about that because like we're together and that's the only thing that matters. Don't be upset about that. Like, cause we're gonna be together forever. Meanwhile, Zoro has found them. He's come into the room. He literally, um, cuts fucking Jeffrey's head off one clean blow. And so then Elizabeth's like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> and he's like, well, I found out that all the body parts that belong to you used to belong to me because these used to be my girls. So you're coming with me, bitch, because you're my property now. Well, the girls in the motherfucking estrogen freezer, cooler, whatever you want to call it, are not having it. And they start rumble tumbling until they fucking spill the goddamn freezer over. And out comes um, the yassified version of fucking basket case. Because it's like, literally, it's like three different concoctions of just female body parts molded together in the most disturbed ways possible. I'm sure we will talk about that later. Uh, and they attack Zorro and kill him. And then they drag his body, before they kill him, they actually drag him back into the freezer and then close the lid and presumably do whatever the fuck they do with him in there. And then Elizabeth's like, wait a minute, like, oh my God, like Jeffrey's dead. I've got an idea though. Cut to, he wakes up. He's like, oh my God, Elizabeth, like blah, blah, what happened? She's like, oh, you got killed, blah, 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 but it's okay. And she starts repeating back to him all the things he said to her, like, blah, blah, don't worry about it. Like we're together now forever because when he looks down, um, he's and now his body aside from his head is just like hers, um, a Frankenstein stitched together concoction of female body parts, tits and pussy and all. And um, he's, of course, oh, my God, mortified, like, where's my dick, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you told me that, like, your serum, like, only works 
with women because it's estrogen based. So like I couldn't use your body or Zoro's. So, but don't worry because we're together now forever. And that is how the movie ends. And that is Frankenhooker. I, one of my favorite qualities about Anya is that she loves to be like, I'm going to make this quick. Uh-uh. And then she'll talk for 12 minutes and you're like, yeah, it was really fast. <laughs> I know. I can't <laughs> stop yapping. No, I love it about you. It's that Aries energy, baby. Well, because we fucking communicate almost solely through voice message. And I'll always be like a top message like, okay, girl, I know I just like sent you like a 20-minute voice message. This is going to be quick. I have one thing to say. Cut you. I look at the bo- – like I'm about to send it. It's like 15 fucking minutes long. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I'm usually have to liar. like carve out like an hour of my day. Just like, okay, now I'm going to listen to like what's going on with Anya. Lord of mercy. It's lovely. Um, Yeah, that's Frankenhooker. It's, you know, it's an incredible plot just like listening to it but when you actually add all of those gorgeous visuals and performances yeah my god so if that was intriguing to you and you haven't seen it you should fucking see it you're gonna want to see this shit check it out all right well let's jump into some background facts um just to start this came out in 1990 it is a beautiful hour 25 and it is rated r it was co-written and directed by the king frank hennenlotter um, kind of similar to how a lot of Charles Band films are made. Um, Hennenlotter didn't have a script when he pitched this film. He just went into a meeting and improvised a pitch about like, yeah, this is a hooker and she's a Frankenstein. And they were into it. So then he wrote the script and the rest is history. Um, while they were doing pre-production and trying to find locations and doing all of that scouting stuff, They titled it Frankenstein 90 so that they wouldn't get turned away by locations because their film is called Frankenhooker. No, that's good. That's good. Very sneaky. Very smart. Uh, We have a queen make a cameo in this film, a little lady named Beverly Bonner, who reprises her role as Casey from Basket Cases 1 and 2 and Brain Damage as the... uh, New York's greatest sex worker, in my opinion, speaking out about the dangers um, and the reality of life for these women working on the streets. It's a very brief little cameo, but I think it gets to the heart of what a lot of this film is saying. um, Whether immediately I was like, okay, mother. Yeah, I was like, oh, there she is. I love her. Literally, yeah. So exciting. Um, This is his most expensive film to date at this point. It cost him $1.5 million to make. And most of that budget got used up during the uh, exploding scene where all of the sex workers are killed uh, because of the pyrotechnics that were so expensive. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he replied, quote, how the fuck am I going to film the lab scene? So he ended up calling in some favors to use unlicensed pyrotechnics. Um, And the lead actor recalls that once it was set up, the guy who did it was like, don't worry, it's maybe safe. Love that. So, yeah. Uh, fucking 1990, baby. They're crazy. Um, while it is rated R, initially when it was going through MPAA, it had a lot of issues getting the R rating. Um, apparently, supposedly, the head of the board said, quote, congratulations, you are the first film rated S for shit. Which I'm like... God. They're wrong. These fucking idiots at the MPAA. Unbelievable. They eventually got an X rating, but they were like, we're not fucking releasing this 
as an X-rated film. So they just released it as an unrated film. Um, And then later on, when they wanted to release it for home video, the one stipulation to get it to go back to R rating is that they had to cut down the exploding hookers from seven to six. So there was one additional scene or one additional woman exploding that unfortunately got cut so that we could have it. I don't know why that was really the uh, end all be all, but. Everybody knows the line is six exploding sex workers. Mm -hmm. And if you surpass it, now you're just doing too much. Now it's it's unacceptable. Um, I also saw in one source, I didn't see it backed up anywhere else. I'm not entirely sure how legitimate it is, but I saw that the choice to not really have any blood in this film was purposeful to kind of balance out the excessive nudity that is shown in an attempt to be like, well, yes, there's a lot of nudity, but there's no like real gore. So therefore we shouldn't get like a crazy writing, but obviously Mm -hmm. that didn't work. This was filmed uh, back-to-back with Basket Case 2, and they used the same locations across the board. So if you uh, – that could be a fun double feature. Yeah. Uh, you might have noticed this. Jeffrey's last name is Franken, which obviously is um, a reference to Dr. Frankenstein. And Elizabeth's last name is Shelley for Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, the woman who plays Jeffrey's mom, Louise Lasser, was – she's only in one scene, uh, but she was apparently recovering from um, a sickness at that time. So she had a lot of difficulty speaking. Mm-hmm. So pretty much that entire scene is all ADR that she filmed later on, which honestly I didn't notice either time I watched it. And I feel like ADR is usually pretty glaring. I feel like I caught it a little bit. It wasn't like, oh my god, the worst, like a most egregious ADR I've ever heard. But like there was like one of the moments where I was like – I think that's ADR. Yeah, the entire scene is ADR. Like because- if they could ADR the whole fucking movie and I'd be like, it's in it's in keeping with the, the theme and the tone, like it doesn't bother me. That's very fair. This was Henenlotter's first SAG film. Um, so he was Work. able to get SAG actors, but he did run into a lot of trouble because he had so much nudity for all of these characters and a lot of the working female actors did not want to do all that level of nudity. So Eventually, he just went to some strip clubs and found some strippers and some sex workers. And he was like, hey, you want to be in my movie? And they were cast and they got to become SAG members, which is badass. So That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I guess if they want to continue pursuing acting, but like, girl, paying for that SAG membership is money. (laughs) I mean, they may be fucking raking it in as right. sex workers and strippers, so, like, they have it. They have it. But, like, I am just, like – I mean, I guess I don't know why I'm saying anything because it's not like there's a gun at their head that's, like, you got to remain in SAG, bitch. You have no choice. Yeah. Well, there was, a, like, commentary, I think, on maybe one of the DVDs where he, there were scenes where Jeffrey's driving through New York and, like, you see a lot of sex workers, like, hanging out, like, by cars, like, trying to pick up men. And Henlotter was like, yeah, they're – like, he said hookers, but they're all sex workers. Like – they're real sex workers. Isn't that cool? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah great. Um, also, Patty Mullen, who plays the titular Frankenhooker, Elizabeth, uh, she was 1988's Penthouse Pet of the Year. Was she? She sure was. Wow, good for her. There's a, there's a whole plot point where, you know, she's supposed to be considered fat oh, in the God. movie. Where, like, in the opening scene where she's wearing – this like really cute jumpsuit. They have like a clear padding around like her hips so yeah. that when she is like 
in her tiny little outfit at the end, you're like, oh, that's the stripper, like the the sex worker's bodies, but it's like just her hot body, yeah. um, which is just so infuriating. But she, yeah, she's a penthouse pet of the year, baby. She's she's hot. Um, she also loved being in all of the makeup. She said she loved going out and getting all of the reactions from everybody. And she kept the wig and still has it to this day. I love that. I love that. It's a beautiful purple wig. I love it. Um, Dario Argento said that this was one of the best films of 1990. And he's motherfucking correct. It also won Killer B Film of the Year for 1990 by E! Entertainment. Um, and Bill Murray was quoted as saying, if you see one movie this year, it should be Frankenhooker. I feel like I, I knew that. I don't know why I knew that, but maybe I saw That's, it in something. It had its fans. I don't think it was like critically received great. I think it had like a, a low Rotten Tomatoes rating um, and like not a great critic rating, but it had its fans and important people in my mind as Dario Argento and Bill Murray. So, and it's obviously become a cult classic to this day. Um, is that the end? That is, that is what I got. Wow. I cannot wait to get into this goddamn movie. So let's start from the beginning because I have some shit to say. Okay, sure. First and foremost, I think this fucking film opening where it's like they're at the fucking birthday party for Elizabeth's dad perfect goddamn fucking film opening because it's just like so much is happening but not to a degree that it's like too much Mm -hmm. and it's so like to the point we're getting to the goddamn shit because it's like we meet the couple that we need to meet our dr frankenstein essentially and our frankenstein's soon-to-be monster um we established that, like, they're going to get married. We established that Jeffrey is a fucking freak weirdo. And we get some weird little fucking practical shit immediately with, like, the brain in the kitchen. Yeah, we also learned that he's, like, a, an amateur at-home doctor who's oh my God, failed yes. out of three medical schools or been kicked out of three medical schools and has oh, – he stapled my stomach once. Well, it also made me think of, like, I wonder if – because obviously, yes, like – um the franken as the last name obvious but i was wondering if jeffrey was in any way like a reference yeah. to jeffrey combs i think reanimator so. because of the whole thing where like he's getting kicked out of medical schools for like reanimating shit um which in its own way is a frankenstein story mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's so good i thought the colors were so fucking good and like fun and bright in the beginning i mean the lawnmower death it's just like if you like i just love that like they could have this story could have gone anywhere. Like you see a title Frankenhooker and essentially all you know, I guess is that there's going to be a Frankenhooker. <laughs> um, so it's just like establishing it that it's not like, oh, he just straight up is like, I'm just bored and want to do this and digging up a body. It's like, no, like there's a personal attachment to it, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that it's like, okay, so how's she going to die? Could be anyway. And they're like, we're going to chop her up with this like fucking souped up lawnmower. G- great. What I do need to make fucking mention of what you brought up, which I was fucking absolutely going to talk about, is this fucking narrative that, like, she is fat. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, other than, I guess, her mom, who's making comments to her because she's eating pretzels. And those pretzels look fucking good. And, like, her mom's like, oh, like, for your sake, like, stop eating the pretzels. And then she, like, says something 
I think to Jeffrey, I think also to like the other woman she's talking to. I don't know who that, I don't know if it's like her sister or something about how like, you know, her mom's always making comments essentially about like her weight and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, which to be fair at this point, it's just like a lot of people I think have that experience with their parents, like whether you're fat or you're not fat, like they like make comments about your appearance. Or you're just like, you could have kept that to yourself. I didn't need to hear it. So shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, it's that. And then I remember, and I cl- I don't, I guess I like fully did not even clock it the first time when I watched, but I clocked it this time. There's this moment where she walks across like the yard and I saw for the first time this padding on like her hips mm-hmm. and her ass. And I clocked it because I know what she looks like as Frank and Hooker. And body shaming on no end of the spectrum because she looks gorgeous and fierce and amazing mm-hmm. as Frank and Hooker. But I was like, oh my God. And to me, I was like, she looks fucking good with this, like, padding. I was like, hips and ass, like, she's got bo- – she's giving body. She's giving full, beautiful figure. Like, literally, I was like, she's goals. I fucking – like, I have fucking wide thighs, but, like, my ass is flat. So I was like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> but I was like – and then I clocked it. I was like, oh, that's padding. And they're doing it because we're supposed to be like, she's putting on weight from eating pretzels. And I'm like – Shut the fuck. She literally looks amazing. Be motherfucking quiet. Yeah, it's that like, I think it's just the the 90s energy of like, that was the era of the like super skinny Victoria's Secret models, like unhealthy expectations of female bodies. Like, yeah, she looks great. She looks curvy in all the the right ways. Mm -hmm. She looks amazing. And yeah, I think, I again, I don't think that Hen and Lauder was like trying to like make a big statement or anything but I do no. think it's it the statement still feels like it's there for me of like her mother is telling her essentially her whole life that like she needs to watch her weight and she's fat and she talks about like oh I've done I've tried all these diets I've tried all these things I even let him like staple my stomach and then for him to be like oh you know what I'm gonna bring her back and I'm gonna find her the perfect bodies because all she ever wants is to have like the perfect body and so I'm going to do that for her. I'm going to give her this. And where it's like, in reality, it's like a selfish thing on his end of like, I'm going to find the perfect tits and the perfect ass. And I'm going to give yeah. that to you. But I think in his mind, he's like, because, you know, she always, she, this, she'll she be so happy to have this body. And then her reaction when she sees it is like, what the fuck did you do to me? Like, this is not my body. And yeah, yeah I think it's, I'm so glad that her reaction is not like, oh, wow, I look so good. It's like, what the fuck did you do to me? And then it's so satisfying in the end when she does the same thing to him. And it's like, oh, wait, you you didn't want to have somebody else's body on your body? I understand that, like, it's a gender flip for you, but, like, it's the same concept at the end of the day. Yeah. If if you're if he's, if his argument is that none of that matters, all that matters is you're alive again and we can be together forever, then, girl, there's no fucking issue. But, like, yeah, to go off that fucking goddamn st- dumbass male mentality of like, yeah, it's not processing for him that it's just like, she was never the one that was like, I want a different body. She was doing these fucking diets and shit because her mom was essentially like mm-hmm. bullying her in so many words to be like, you should watch this, you should watch this. So, she, you know, she's shamed into feeling she shouldn't like her body, but like she does and she fucking should. It looks fucking great. So then, yeah, I like that there was no reaction of like, oh, my God, I'm so quote unquote skinny now. I got the perfect body now. She's like, this is not me. And what kills me, and I don't think this is offensive because I think it's just, it's just a fact of life, is that, one, like, I think his choice 
is fucked for multiple reasons to choose sex workers because mm-hmm. he's obviously one choosing sex workers because they're an easy target. As he said, he can go and pay for their body. Because there is a moment before that when he's like, which is a bit that I do love in which he like can't think. So he he like looks at a diagram of like the brain. He's like, where can I drill? He's like, oh, number blah, blah. He knows exactly what it is in the brain. He takes his fucking power drill and drills into the back of his skull mm-hmm. to like make himself like think better. Which I'm like, I need this when I have fucking like writer's block. And I'm like, I need an idea, I need an idea. Very <laughs> Almer in brain thing. damage. Yes. Um. And he's talking about, like, oh, he's going to, like, go on a, fl- like, trick plane stewardesses mm-hmm. by, like, being, like, he's, like, I'm going to be on the plane. Be like, oh, you got to follow me this way, blah, blah. Like, it's, like, it's a silly moment, which then he's, like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he drills again. And he's, like, oh, like, the sex workers. And obviously, it's a purposeful statement because there's a whole thing with, you know, Casey being on the news mm-hmm. talking about, like, these women are in danger. We need to fucking legalize sex work so they can get, like, protections and da 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 Like, they are dying from this drug abuse because there's no, like, all this shit. But then, yeah, I mean, he's also doing it because, like, to a certain degree, like, these women, like, have these bodies that are, like, desirable by men. So, on his side, he's like, yeah, like, perfect tits, like, blah, blah. But there's also part of me that's, like, because these women have no protections, they are clearly at the bare fucking minimum, they're crack addicts. That's not even me speculating. It's fucking stated in the film. They're all crack addicts. So, I'm just – and that certainly does damage to the body, please. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just, like – so you're also giving her, and I when I I'm not going to say damaged goods because I think that implies that because these women have a lot of sex, they're damaged goods. Which is in theory, in, not in theory, it's in no fucking way what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. literally the fucking like physical drug abuse on the body that he's picking these bodies to bring her back to life. Which I guess at this point she's fucking dead, so I guess it doesn't really matter as long as she's sentient. But I am just like it's giving, it's giving idiot, it's giving didn't think this the whole way through. Yeah, it's very clear that like. It's surface level decision making of like women are hot if they work yeah. in that industry because they're desirable. So therefore their bodies are going to be hot. And also the unfortunate reality that like sex workers, if they go missing, are far less likely to be reported or yeah. missed by anybody because it's like, you know, a lot of them are living on the streets. So they're easy targets. They've always been easy targets for serial killers. It's a very like, Mm-hmm. based in reality kind of thing and i think that's like the extent to which his brain is going but you're so right i didn't even think about the fact that like yes all of these women to get by in their like day-to-day situations are abusing drugs and therefore their bodies are addicted to the drugs so you're mashing together an array of sex workers who all have a crack addiction and <laughs> now you're putting her head on that she's going to have an addiction like now yeah. she's like yeah it's um it's a, it's an interesting choice he made um but going back briefly to what you were saying about yeah the opening i also just think it's i think it's a fun way to start the film because you know going in just from the title that like this is going to be a really campy frankenstein type film and so it could have opened on like a mad lab with like mm-hmm. this doctor but like it's it's just daytime summer it's it's the perfect setting to trick you into feeling safe and like, oh, we're just at like a family event, not expecting that a massacre is about to happen. So love that. Love that energy. I also think it's important to talk about Jeffrey because Mm -hmm. throughout Hen and Lauder's films, he really loves a like freakazoid male antihero protagonist 
that's like such his thing. Yeah. And even though the film is called Frankenhooker and obviously Elizabeth is the lead protagonist female, she doesn't come back to life for 50 minutes. So we're most of this film is us spent with Jeffrey. So I feel like we should talk about him um, yeah. as a character because listen, no shade to the actor. I think the actor did a great job. Um, I find him very unpleasant to to watch personally. I Oh, interesting. I'm not in like a I just I just he just like gives me the ick. I think that's really what it is. He gives me like hard, deep ick. I don't like the way he speaks. I don't like his accent. I don't like the fact that he's constantly talking to himself, thinking his things out loud. I'm like, King, shut the fuck up. Um he just yeah, he just icks me out like a lot, way more than Dwayne or um I can't remember his name from uh, Brain Damage, but the sexy guy from Gremlins. Um, Like, Jeffrey just – Elizabeth can do better. She can do better. Oh, yes. (laughs) Once again, she's giving looks, body, all of it from beginning to end in both bodies. So she can absolutely fucking do better. That fucking aside. It's so – I mean, we're all talking about the other, you know, and a lot of protagonists. Uh, To me – if I had to rank them, I mean, in general, like, I don't want to be with any of them. Um, so in yeah. terms of, like, being icked out that way, for sure. Um, a motherfucker from Brain Damage, who I can't remember, he's fucking number one. Of in course. terms of, like, yeah, like please. And then, honestly, Jeffrey's too. And I'm putting fucking, whatever, what is his name from fucking Best Dwayne. Dwayne. But the thing is, when you, because if you, when you think about Dwayne, you have to also be bunching him up with Belial because of that mental connection. So it's like if you're fucking Dwayne, you're also kind of fucking Belial, and like that's not really. I'm not here for that. No. Um, aside, <laughs> it's funny that I mean, I I'm not gonna sit here and be like I loved, but like I was very amused by his accent, which I take as like some like a Jersey accent. Jersey. Um, it was just because like nobody else was really doing it. <laughs> It was yeah. just him and doing it like, I don't know if that's how he normally talks, if he has a really, that's his normal accent, or if he was just like making a very distinct choice. Mm-hmm. But there was something where I was like, I'm not like, oh my God, like I could listen to him talk for hours. But I was just like, I am fascinated by this choice. Um, and I kind of did love a little bit, like the constant monologuing to himself. To a certain degree, it felt necessary because there's so mm-hmm. many scenes of him alone in his bedroom slash lab. In which it's like, if he was not talking, it would just be weird. It would just yeah. be like a lot of like silence. Um, and I kind of love that like, it, it's also emphasizing the fact that like, he's, you know, no pun intended, fucking cracked out of his fucking head. Cause he's like, come on, Jeffrey, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, talking to himself, like, blah, blah, Especially when he's like drilling in yeah. his goddamn head and he's like, oh, like, getting ideas, getting ideas. I'm just like, and I guess also part of it is like, he is also like talking quote unquote to Elizabeth, some of it. Um I think it works sometimes. I feel like the, the the main time that I was like, all right, enough, was the opening credits when he's drawing on the huge, like, blueprint oh, of yes, the body. He's like, oh, I'm going to need gonna need a, a three-prong thing here. Oh, oh, okay. Well, the batteries are going to have to go. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Shush. I was no. thinking during that because it's long. It is long. And I so long. That, that I was like, I wonder if this is like, if, like, Frank Heinlotter, like, gave him just, like, like wrote down a line of things to just, like, fucking rattle him off and we'll put him in where we need to. Or if he was, like, improvised, just start saying right. things that you think you would need. Because I was like, this does not feel like it's, like, that would be, like, written in the script. You know what I'm saying? Or it's just, like, we're going to need you, like, because they're not filming anything. It's just, like, the opening titles where we're just doing close, like, tracking shots on this, like, drawing of, like, 
female musculature. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I would agree that that part, I was just like, damn, they're fucking dragging this shit out. (laughs) Um, But Jeffrey, yeah. I mean, aside from what we already said about like being a stupid man, what I will say, because he's an idiot, as Mm -hmm. literally all men on this earth are. And I did make a note that I was like, he may be a freak, but like he is riding for his girl, like making sure her head is secured, putting mm-hmm. her in that like an estrogen, whatever the fuck tank and being like, oh, it's like keeping your skin like beautiful, babe, like blah, blah. He takes her out for fucking dinner. I died, but it was like, oh, we're gonna have an Italian dinner. And he fucking <laughs> takes the tray off and it's a slice of pizza. I That's was like, exactly what I was going to say. Me. <laughs> It's so um, I love when he pours the wine very delicately in her mouth as it pours out of her neck wound. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, oh so God. neat. So neat. Great job. Like, literally, I'm just like, this is a man who is misguided in so many ways. But, like, he does love her. He does love her. And I was like, and you know what? He would fucking, with flying colors, pass the, like, would you still love me if I was a worm test? <laughs> yeah girl he will find you the sexiest worm body and put you on it don't you even fucking worry queen um i literally was just like yeah like it's, it's borderlining um obsession just like if i died and then greg had like 75 framed photos of me in one room i'm a little bit concerned about that um but you know yeah. i'm I, I appreciate that uh he's putting a lot of effort and he wrote her a poem I, I also died when he's like, I want you to have it. The fucking like loose leaf paper into the water. I was like, so that's going to disintegrate. No, because her hair doesn't get wet. So clearly the water doesn't hold anything. It's not even water, honestly. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. It's, it's like, purple estrogen goo, you know? it's Exactly. It's some Alex mm-hmm. Mack shit. You don't that know. That will fucking heal all. Um, oh my God. But <laughs> yeah, I just think that like, he's got an even amount for me of like pros mm-hmm. and cons. I mean, yeah, I don't know that if, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like what you're saying with the photos in the fucking room. It's just like, yeah, I feel like if I ever got like married, had a partner and I passed, I think there's a little bit of that feeling. I mean, this is all fucking hypothesizing where I'm just like, well, I wouldn't want you to move on quickly. I'd want you to mourn me. I'd want you to be devastated. I'd Mm -hmm. want you to think about me forever. But at the same time, if it's like, but then you like have a fucking shrine to me. And have my head in a a freezer. And I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) maybe you should go out like maybe you should meet somebody new because this is now it's too much yeah i don't need you to prop my head up on a table while i watch you eat cold pizza i yeah i don't need, i don't need to become like we don't need to do fucking mrs uh Voorhees moment like mm-hmm. mother is telling you to move on bitch he does carry though like he is the the lead of the film and yeah. like i said it takes 50 minutes for her to be resurrected so Obviously, there are other characters. You get a lot of the sex workers who are a lot of fun. And you get Zorro, who his delivery of every line is, like, hilarious to me. I don't I'm think he's ever – I don't think Zorro's ever seen a film before in his life, um, the actor. Well, Zorro but I, was I, in – If you pick Zorro as your partner in crime, this I'm podcast not. is over. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I love Zorro, like, the actor and the performance he's giving. I don't yes. love Zorro as a character. Zorro's the villain of the film. Um, yeah. But, dude, but he's in he's in um, brain damage. He's the guy in the bath in the locker room. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's exactly. so good. I love him. Um, 
yeah, but he carries the whole time. Like, yes, he talks to himself a lot. He's giving a lot of like his performance is a little bit unhinged, Jeffrey, um, in a, yeah. in the best way. But I, when she does come back, like because so much of the film she's not there, I feel like it could very easily be like, oh my god, let's just get to her, like hurry up. But there's right. so much fun stuff that happens. Like it's there's constantly shit going on. I'm never bored in that lead up. But once she shows up, purple hair purple nipples everything this actress patty mullen is serving so fucking hard the way that she moves her mouth to do the like the twitch with like her oh my god it's so good she's so funny the way she screams all of her lines absolutely kills me jersey boy dr jersey boy it's so funny all of the lines that she has until she becomes elizabeth again once her head is like bolted on are all lines that had been previously stated earlier in the film from the sex workers, which I think is really fun and interesting. Um, But yeah, she's just remarkable. I think she's like one of my, it's one of my favorite female performances of the nineties, I think. Easily. She, no, she's so good. She's She's so fucking good. She is delightful to look at and not even because of like, Oh, because she's gorgeous. She has a great body. She's just like, there's something about like, I think it's like in her eyes or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, you're like, it's it's enticing. You're like, I am transfixed to you as a performer. Um, so I, I I love her. I love her so much. But yeah, to bring it slightly back to Zorro, yeah. He's he's everything. I, I just like love that like he's this massive fucking dude. We I we probably I think made the same fucking comment when he was in brain damage. Just this like mm-hmm. big which is so funny because in brain damage, he's just like, I think like I think he's gay in brain damage mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. whatever. It's like and you're just like, oh, like, it, I remember we, we were like, oh, he's like very nice. He plays a very nice character. But he's like, it'll be, because he's like, it's when he's like hiding in like the fucking locker rooms or the shower rooms. Like, yeah, you're like safe here. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you're okay to be here. And in this one, it's like, he's, he still has this like demeanor a little bit, I feel like, of like gentle giant. Because when he, when Jeffrey is brought to meet him the first time and they're like in this like crazy fucking insane bathroom stall in the back of this fucking building he's standing there and there's like a dude that's like yelling at him and like you would expect that like Zoro's gonna fucking snap and kill him and like he doesn't he just like pulls out his fucking baggie of crack and like gives it to this guy and he has a very like he's stoic but like almost like this calm demeanor the whole time and he comes mm-hmm. over to Jeffrey and he's like oh like blah blah and he's like talking to him and he's like got his arm around his neck like a little tight but like even still like the way he's delivering it is just like he's there's no like jump to like extreme like violent or like something that you would expect Mm -hmm. from like this character and i think in a different kind of movie or like an actor that's built like fucking terry Crews. um so i mean we don't really see his like real full anger until like the scene when he's waiting for the girls to finish the party with jeffrey and then he's like they're like fucking with me they're like fucking with me they're making me look stupid and he like smashes his fist down he like breaks this like wooden shelf off and he like stomps upstairs always wearing the fucking funniest outfit to me because always it's like a fucking blue tank top and then like pattern fucking like mc hammer pants um <laughs> i love it um, he's just like your classic uh meathead like nothing happening upstairs just yeah, yeah. he's he's so funny every time he's and, on screen i am i am you know tickled and we must talk about once again like him getting his deserved comeuppance and mm-hmm. like the girls being the one to give it to him, granted, after they exploded and are now new creations, which is so fascinating because I'm like, 
it's not explained. And you know, I don't need it explained, but it is fascinating to me that it is just like they formed together in the freezer and they were also sentient in the freezer when I think was not. I think it's implied that it happened during the storm because when the storm Uh, happened and it brought her back, I think it also like hit the freezer because you see the freezer like shaking like crazy. Um, So I I think that during the storm, it like also morphed them together. Um, I'm just really glad because I was not anticipating the first time I watched this. Because yeah. you don't see them until the last, like, two minutes of the film. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So it's just, just straightforward. Like, she's the creature. She's the fun thing. Henry Lauder said, I'm not ending this film without a puppet. You have I Lotto, started with a puppet and I'll fucking end it with Elmer, And we are going to have these fucking titty heads. And it's going to be great. And they're going to they're gonna get their revenge on their pimp. I love it. I mean, my so favorite is the one. I think it's the first one you see where it's like, the, it's like, a woman's like stomach kind of and then it's like arms at the bottom that are kind of like dragging her like feet but when you get to like the v of like where her like vagina would be it's a chin with a mouth that's like laughing and i was like the unrealistic expectations for women's bodies no bounds. <laughs> i can't be her um so I love but I love that it's like this kind of like fucking like Toy Story 2 moment where they fucking suck Woody into the trap. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast before, but that moment traumatized me as a child. I was like, that is a night motherfucking mare. Anyways, but they drag him into this cooler, presumably to like rip him to shreds or whatever as he deserves. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's like silly. It's fucking crazy because it's like these practical puppets. It's also, in my mind, disturbing. Like when you really think about it of like, oh God, like they're driving this dark fucking cooler. What are they going to do to him? Like we won't see. And like, as always, when you don't see what you imagine is so much worse. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's kind of this like, yeah, like this bam, bam, bam. Like, it's like, she comes back. She, now we're finally getting fucking Frankenhooker. She's in these streets being crazy. He fucking knocks her head off. Now we get Elizabeth back and we get the moment of like her understanding this, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Then Jeffrey's fucking decapitated. Then these girlies come out of the freezer. And then we fucking end it out. And it's like, and now Jeffrey has a lady body. And I'm like, no fucking breaks on this fucking express, bitch. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, I I love that. I really think that the intention of making this film was just to make like a like a horror comedy in the vein of like an exploitation film, and yeah. it works really well as that. But in the same way, it does also work as like a feminist piece of art because all of these women are being like used and abused, and then they get their revenge, and then the men are punished. Jeffrey is yeah. punished. Zorro is punished. I fucking live for it. All the men who try to fuck uh, Elizabeth when she's come back get electrocuted because she's so filled with electricity from being resurrected that, like, she kills them. I love when uh, the gross man who's, like, so excited to, like, get her in bed when he dies and his head comes off and he's like, oh, that was wonderful. Oh, yeah, when he's still talking. Which I was like – because at that point, like, she takes her top off, but, like, she has her, like, skirt and shit on still. And, like, he's still dressed, isn't he? Or he, like, at least he has, like, pants Oh, yeah, on. she's just, like, she she like comes, she gets naked, him. except she's wearing, like, um, like, kind of, like, assless garters with, like, tights. Yeah. Um, and you can see, like, oh, yeah, the yeah, check yeah. mark on the ass cheek yeah. from, like, yeah. when Jeffrey had done it on that woman. Um, and, yeah, she's kind of just, like, straddling him and, like, gyrating. 
And he's just like, oh my gosh. But then she's also like sucking electricity into his body because yeah. she's full of electricity. So great. I love when the uh, the other guy too, when she he kisses her and then he gets electrocuted in his head just like, they love a decapitation. His head just flies off his body and like goes out the window. And here's what I'll say. Like, obviously, yes. Like, this movie is crazy. It's zany. It's a horror comedy. It's fucking Frank Hen and Lauder. It's yeah. B. It's B. It's exploitation. Like, am I expecting this to make, like, profound fucking statements? No. But I think that, like, I have seen a few people that, like, I think don't like this movie because of the fact that they think whatever about it. Which, anything, don't fucking like it or like it. Like, it's your fucking prerogative. But I will, yeah, make the stance that I do think, whether intentionally or unintentionally, there is a feminist takeaway you can have from this because of the fact that like at the end of the day all the dudes at least that we fucking meet that like do fuck shit get die zoro fucking dies fucking jeffrey dies and then gets another fucking comeuppance in its mm-hmm. own way and then like both dudes that try to sleep with elizabeth as frankenhooker they fucking die which not to say that like people that employ sex workers are evil and should die but like first of all the second dude absolutely because he takes right by force that aside but then all the women obviously elizabeth's death originally was tragic like that wasn't like oh we like Mm -hmm. kill like it's just like she died but she gets to come back and be an icon and a fucking legend and get her fucking comeuppance on fucking jeffrey and even all the other sex workers sadly in this universe and the -hmm. universe i think that there's reality like because at the very least they were crack addicts and it was on the news that like these women are dying from using this. Mm -hmm. These women were sadly going to die. Do they need to die pyrotechnics? No, but it was fucking awesome. It was dope. (laughs) It was fucking great. Um, And then because they get put in this thing, they get to come back once again. Yes. It's like crazy fucking basket case two and three fucking ass characters, but um, they get to fucking kill Zorro. Mm -hmm. Who, if they, I guess in a more realistic sense, had just died from an overdose, they're gone. So in a fucked way, which once again, it's a fucking horror movie. It's fucking B. It's whatever. Like, it's always going to be in a fucked way most of the time. Do get to come back and get their revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess some of them do get to, in parts of their body, get to live again as fucking Jeffrey. Um Yeah. And I do think that, like, the inclusion of the sequence with Casey on the talk show was yeah. also really important to like continue to like, to have that through line of like yes at the end of the day this is a comedy this is an exploitation film like it's supposed to be fun and silly but like there is the reality and the like mention of like yeah but the life of these women is yeah. very dangerous and we need to legalize it and we need to do all of these things to protect them and help them which are still things that I to this day I'm like yes fucking preach girl sex work in my opinion should not be illegal um but, you know, I love that, that they threw that in there because, yeah, I don't think that he was trying to have a message of that necessarily. But, like, including it, I think, helps us be able to take that away from it. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, now we can get into all of the specific juicy little bits when we go into our Q and Slay. The girls who cried be horror. All right, Anya. I personally think, I feel like over the last few movies we've done, we've both kind of been like, the scripts were rough. They were hard to find. 
a line that we liked. I think the opposite of this. I had a hard time narrowing down my favorite line because it's an incredible script and also all of the line deliveries are just like aces. So what's your favorite line? I want to just say for the record, a thousand percent agree because I was like, oh, fuck. It's like every other like fucking moment. I'm just like, God, that was good. That was fun. Um, so it's just I like, two, well, so if you have two, go for it. I have one. I'm, okay. uh, and, um, it, oh, sorry, I'm like losing my fucking concentration already. Okay. But I, when I watch it back, I was like, I could sit here and like every scene be like, what are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? And I was like, and it's just going to be too much. Cause there's going to be too fucking many of them and blah, blah. So I was like, I'm just going to ignore that. Until there's a moment, at least on this viewing, when he's when somebody says something and I'm like, that fucking tickled me. And like really like made me notice it. So the line that I have is a Jeffrey line. Um, once he is um creating the super crack in his bedroom. Uh, and he's like, you know, having this moral dilemma of like what he's doing and da-da-da. And he's like essentially being like, well, I'm not a killer. I'm not killing anybody. Like the crack is killing people like blah, blah, blah. Like, and his line is when he talks about like, essentially he's not going to kill them. He's just going to like give them crack and that will kill them. He goes, I merely, mind you in this crazy fucking New Jersey accent, which I'm not going to do. He's like, <laughs> um, I'm merely going to place a lethal form of crack in their presence, which made me laugh so fucking hard. Just like, <laughs> just like the casualness of like, I'm literally just going to put lethal crack in the room with them. I'm, I think it's the merely that really gets me. Yes. <laughs> merely doing this. And so. the fact that it's, he's fucking calling it super crack, like sends me to the moon because it's mm-hmm. like, it's not very inventive, but it, it's just like so stupid. Just like, what would be worse than crack? Super crack. <laughs> like well, um, the largest crack like oh the crack rocks are like literally the size I, of a fucking like chestnut dog it's so funny when the sex workers are partying and freaking out and then there's like one woman who takes like a huge <laughs> rock and puts it on top of the pipe like that's how you can smoke it no, literally, so I, was just like, I don't think it, i've never done crack but i just feel like that's not the way you do it she was just like really going for it oh, God, that's, that's, a, that's a great line um I have two because I really couldn't narrow it down. Um, and I like them for different reasons. So deal with it. One is a Zorro line. Um, and it's just purely the way he delivers it. It's when he's at a, at the bar before Elizabeth comes in. And he's at the bar talking to this other guy. And he's pretty much just being like, yeah, all my girls blew up. Like, I don't know what's going on. And he's like trying to explain that like, I lost all my girls. And the other guy goes, when a man loses his hoes, he loses everything. And Zero goes, I didn't lose them, man. They just blew up. And it cracked me the fuck. They just blew up. It's so it. funny. So good. And the other one is um, after the um, the birthday party massacre, I don't know how much time has passed, but clearly Jeffrey has recorded a news broadcast of the incident and he keeps it in a Grey's Anatomy book uh, in a VHS that he watches over and over again. And the news reporter does this, like, it was, like, a longer monologue. I cut it down to just, like, my favorite part. But it's just the way that she delivers it so serious, like, it is a serious news thing. Where she says, in a blaze of blood, bones, and body parts, the vivacious young girl was instantly reduced to a tossed human salad. A salad that police are still trying to gather up. A salad that was once named Elizabeth. I was just like, they're so fucking silly for this. A salad that was once named 
Elizabeth. It's just like, and then she's like, that's like, that's all for me on like Channel 9 Alive. And I'm like, oh, so funny. It, that makes me think too. I know I brought up the whole, like, we talked about obviously, obviously, obvious Frankenstein references and, like, possibly, like, is there an allusion to, like, Reanimator with Jeffrey Combs? But I'm also now thinking, like, I think there's looking maybe an allusion to fucking pieces. Because, to be fair, in pieces, it is a piece together woman's body. And the whole thing is, like, the weird, like, puzzle fucking mm-hmm. thing going on in pieces. And at the end of that interview that he's watching, there's the cop or, like, the chief. I don't know what he is. He's, like, one of the cops in the fucking case. And they're talking about, like, oh, the body parts missing, blah, blah. And then he says, like, yeah, we can't say right now because, like, and he says something about, like, oh, because it's still, like, a puzzle we're trying to put together. And then the interview is, like, a puzzle? In a puzzle? And they're, like, a puzzle. And I'm, like, they're really emphasizing puzzle right now, which then I was just, like, once again, it could just be silly whatever nothingness. But I am just, like, but it's also making me think of pieces. I had the same thought. I was, like, this is very pieces, Uh, which I love. Well, Alex, what is Mm. your favorite hill or practical effect of the movie there are a few but i would be remiss to not choose the pyrotechnics explosion scene as my favorite because as a whole it's just i saw this scene on like twitter someone posted the scene before i ever watched the movie and i was like what is this movie and then i was like holy shit that's frankenhooker like i definitely have to watch it because it in general it's a it's a really fun like dance party sequence before everything happens because mm-hmm. all the women are like taking their clothes off and they're dancing to the radio and they're smoking crack and they're having a great time. Two of them are making out and Jeffrey's like, "That's that's sinful. Don't do that." Oh yeah, and he's like, "You are your bodies weren't meant to do that." I was like, "Kiss another woman, relax." They're just like touching tongues, and I'm like, "I think that their bodies were made to do that." Um, Literally, it's really fun. But then once they start to like not feel well. Just the way that they shot the explosions every single time, it made me laugh because it's just like a quick cut and clearly it's just a mannequin that they like stuck a firework in and it's so funny. And the way that like the sparklers go, it's just beautiful to look at. It's silly. The woman with the really tiny nipples is uh, when when she gets it, she's like crawling towards the door trying to let Zorro in and like right as her hand reaches the door, it cuts and her like body explodes while she's on all fours. It's so fucking good. So fucking good, dog. Um, Which you just made me think before my answer of two things. One Mm -hmm. about nipples. We didn't even talk about the fact that Elizabeth, when she comes back to Frankenhooker, purple nipples. Purple nerves. Literally purple nerves, bitch. God bless her. I love it. This is not my original question, but I was like, should my original question be like, if we could pick any nipple color, what would your desired areola color be? Literally. um, Stripes. Chartreuse. Um, the other thing is, you made me think about, because I remember that moment, I was like, what a stupid, like, whatever, shut up, Jeffrey, when he was doing the whole thing, when the girls mm-hmm. were kissing, he was like, no, it's not right, that's how it's supposed to be. Well, now I'm like, oh my God, well, now that he's in a woman's body, and he's with Elizabeth, it came full circle, where it's like, well, Jeffrey, you're going to have to do that quote unquote unnatural thing, and like, have a woman's body with a woman's body, you stupid bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I digress. My favorite it is two in one, actually, kill and practical, which yours was two, kill and practical effect, um, is what I previously mentioned, which was um, Zorro's death, where he is attacked by the Belial girls and dragged into the freezer. I mean, I don't need to get into it in detail because I kind of already did, but like, yeah, I just, I love that he was getting his comeuppance. I love that like the girlies are crazy. Like, truly that bitch with the fucking chin, pussy mouth, whatever the fuck you're going to call it, was like, <laughs> like the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> she's mother. 
sponsor to me. Um, <laughs> I fucking love our ass. And yeah, just, and I just love when it's any movie, when it's like a puppet of some kind attacking somebody where we're supposed to be implied that like this puppet is so fucking strong that like big ass Zora, who's just like, he's not to this point like injured in any way that we no. could see. He's just like on the floor, like freaking out because he's like, can't believe what he's seeing. And these puppets are like grabbing on him. And it's like this shit where he's like, Oh, like shoving them away. But like, Oh, so I guess like they're too strong. They're overpowering him. Where I'm just like, are they? He's fucking yeah. big. But it's something we're just like, no, they are, they are, they're dragging him into the freezer. And I'm like, okay, girls, I believe you. Um, no, I love it. I, I love it so much because it is, as you were saying too, especially on first watch, you do not expect this to happen. <laughs> like, if anything, when I think you get to the point of like, okay, I saw the fucking freezer get sapped and it's moving now. Something's going to come out of that freezer. I think if anything, I mean, I can't remember exactly what I thought first time I watched it, but I probably assumed like, oh, like maybe a different concoct, like maybe the body's formed into their own like regular, like stitched together mm-hmm. female body and it's going to come out and it's going to be like a two for one. Which is kind of what happened, but not really what I imagined. So it it truly gags you to your core where you're like, oh my God, what am I seeing? I love it. And it fits perfectly into the Basket Case universe, which I love, which I think earlier I was saying, this is my favorite Frank Henlotter, but I think probably Basket Case 3 is my favorite Frank Henlotter. This might be tied with that. Okay. But I mean, all of the Basket Cases are... They literally get awesome. better as they go. It's not They're crazy. I think like, I love the the puppets because they, they remind me of Belial, obviously, and of all of the puppets in the Basket Kate series. But it also kind of reminded me of like the head spider from The Thing. Yeah. Just it. like, I love it. Anything that is a freaky, fucked up, uncanny looking little creature, I'm into it. Yeah. Mm. Anytime you put a human head where it doesn't belong, sign me up. I'm pretty sure one of the puppets is like a head with like, an arm dragging itself and then like on the back of its head are like two tits and I'm like yeah once again (laughs) unreachable beauty standards so true so true um all right in this wild New York world who's your partner in crime so many good options Mm -hmm. I was really like there's so many people I can pick from I can go like big I can go like more niche but ultimately I just had to like live my 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 real truth which is just Elizabeth yeah. I want Miss Frankenhooker. I don't care if she's in her fucking like mm, on a date fucking bit or like probably I'd prefer her after she gets her head reattached so I could like have actual full conversations with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is a bad – I mean I would take her pre the fucking Frankenhooker when she's in that fucking blessed fucking jumpsuit serving body adi adi and eating pretzels. That's a bitch I want to fucking have an afternoon with. So like she is – I mean, you know what? If I was in this universe and I was your bestie, you know, I'd be in that motherfucking room with what's his fucking name, Jeffrey, being like, if we're going to bring this bitch back, we're going to fucking do it right. We're not going to do whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. have planned um, enough. Because I'm also just like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, Jeffrey, you didn't try hard enough. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, her body was torn up. Okay. But like, the other bodies were exploded. So like, they're all in pieces. Mm-hmm. But like, so I'm just like, seems like you like at the scene of the crime like took what you could and didn't get enough and it's just like girl if you're gonna fucking do this whole goddamn scheme to like kill sex workers and like have them explode and like invent super crack i think you can pull like a fucking pet cemetery and we can just like plan a fucking raid to like go steal the rest of her body like that's a good point i also love that that implies that in the moment of it happening he immediately was like i'm gonna bring her back it's not like something that came to him days later in his grief like 
he was so prepared at the jump to bring her back because yeah. he grabbed her head. He said, ah, I'm taking that head. I'm taking that toe. I'm taking that arm. Literally. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try not to pick the same person as you, but like Elizabeth is the choice. Yeah. I would take her in any of the three forms. Yeah. Pre-death, Frankenhooker, full mode, or, you know, Elizabeth as Frankenhooker. Um, my backup was going to be Spike, the bar, the, the, bartender woman oh my god yeah. she's a bad bitch as well but I, w- I would prefer elizabeth first and foremost i just think she's everything well i believe i also want to make mention of i believe the sex worker the first sex worker that he talked to i, I also I, like her I, I think her name is honey but i could be wrong mm-hmm. um she is great. She is so fun, um, especially when we get to the scene when they are – like, there's just so many moments where, like, she is, like, she's a bad bitch, blah, 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 like, all this shit. But there's two moments when I'm just, like – she, like, kind of goes, like, crazy, and I'm, like, what's going on? When, like, he, like, essentially talks to her at the car, and then he, like, says, she, oh, money's not an issue. And she runs right into the car, and she's, like, let me in! Let me in! She's, like, he's, like, I'm not ready. And she's, like, come on! Open the door! Let me in! And you're just, like – girl but the better moment is when they fucking get to the goddamn party and he's like i'm not doing it but give us the money and she opens the bag and she finds her crack and she's like oh my god what is this and she goes from fucking zero to five fucking million (laughs) so quick she's like oh my god like freaking the fuck out over this like ziploc bag of like chestnut size crack rocks and she's like like literally like shaking and jumping all over like it is like the most intense reaction you would have thought she already fucking smoked the crack like and i was just like wow wow she i don't know if she's an actual actress i don't know if she's one of i'm the sex the actual sex workers Mm -hmm. but like she earned her fucking check as i'm sure she always does like because she she gave a fucking performance i love that shit yeah i agree i i noted those moments as well she's she's just so funny and like she's clearly the head of all of these women in terms of like she's yeah. controlling the situation she's giving them the rules she's keeping him on time trying to get him to like make his fucking decision she has all the right parts in all the right places yeah. i think she's a badass she's great well now we move on to the ogs mm-hmm. which um obviously we talked earlier about like oh we died or whatever like and like our partners making fucking shrines to us like I don't need all that. Um, but my question is, if your partner, so I guess for you it's Greg, for me mm-hmm. it's a hypothetical, um, was torn to shreds, whatever, killed, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit style, doesn't matter. Would you, if you could and had the capabilities, would you Frankenstein's monster them to bring them back? If I had the the scientific ability? You if you if you could do it. It yeah. was just a matter of me finding a body. Yeah, and deciding you wanted to do that. I probably would not because that seems like a lot of work. Um, <laughs> it seems like um, there's a lot of moral. I'm tired. Impl- there's a lot of. I mean, I'm always really eepy. There's a lot of moral implications that I would have to wrestle with, um, and I also don't. I don't. I think at the end of the day, I don't think he would be pleased even if I gave him like his dream body I don't think that he would be like happy that I brought him back I think he'd be like just I don't want to why now I'm like a an undead person yeah so 
I don't, I don't think I would. I think it would be difficult. Maybe in my my early stages of grief, I would start to plan it, but then I think I would probably scrap it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm once again speaking as someone not in a relationship, let alone fucking married. Um, so your answer's fucked, but mine's not. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't do it either because I'm fucking lazy. Laziness is going to take it every time. Um, but more so I was like, no, because because I'm tapped. I'm like, well, my – let's say husband. My husband dies tragically. Oh, my God. Character development for me. <laughs> I get to be a widow. I get to have a reason to, like, listen to a sad song and look out the window while it's raining and be like, oh, what I've lost. Like what you used to do when you rode to the fucking school mm-hmm. on the school bus. And now I have a justified reason to do it. Girl, he just did me the biggest favor in my motherfucking life. Wow. Um, and you know what? If he really loved me, he'd be happy that he did me that solid. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love him. I'd visit his grave. Blah, blah. Yeah. We already talked about this. I would fucking, you know, fucking um, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker style. Like, I would taxidermy him in the afterlife. Oh, God. I wouldn't bring him back, but like, he'd be there. You should need him <laughs> as a body pillow. I'm like, that is actually like a fleshy body pillow. I would certainly be fucking first in line at the gates of hell. I can tell you that. (laughs) My question is, so if we were going to make um, another film in this vein, this like campy exploitation type film with the same concept of a Frankenstein type monster or a hooker type monster. Okay. What would you do? And would you do Franken blank and add some kind of like weird, like you can do whatever, or blank hooker and have some kind of crazy sex worker monster? Franken blank or blank hooker? I need the title and what the film would be. Right. I mean, part of me is like nowadays we wouldn't be able to do blah hooker. But I do think that if if whatever you were making was a commentary – in mm-hmm. some way on like sex work and blah blah, blah and like then you would be able to get get away with it um I don't entirely know what I would do with that I would love to see it in maybe more capable hands so I feel like I would stru- I would go Franken blank mm-hmm. um am I supposed to say what it would be Franken yeah. insert here okay um god there's so many possibilities it's like what would I bring back from the dead um Jesus I don't know. This is going to sound so much more morbid and fucked than I mean it to sound. Okay. But, like, I almost feel like Franken-baby. I like it. Like, I think of, like, Gage. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, wouldn't – what I would give to have, like, a cute – girl because essentially he is fucking Franken-baby. I mean, I guess he's not made of multiple baby parts. So I guess that would also mean multiple dead babies. So, you know? And anyway, I'm talking about, like – Whatever. It's fucking stupid and not real. Um, yeah. But I would just love like a little like Frankenstein's monster, like baby, like maybe a little evil, maybe just a little clumsy, always like knocking in, like Gage when he like oh. his head on the wall. Like simply for my own like cuteness enjoyment. Like literally I'm just like, don't you love me, Franken baby? I love you so much. <laughs> um, but of course also my, my first thought was also like Franken squirrel. I literally thought squirrel hooker, but like an animated. <gasps> Alex, <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, an animated Franken uh, squirrel hooker where it's just like a really sexy squirrel. I don't want to see squirrel pussy, I'll be honest with you. Or squirrel titty. 
they don't have to be naked. They can just be in like a, a sexy in outfit. In their little teddies. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Um, <laughs> I went uh, with Frankenzaddy. Oh and I, I would like it to be John Hamm. I would just like, I just want like a really attractive salt and pepper zaddy. And that's, that's all I need. No plot, just him being sexy. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I'm just thinking like, for me, like really thinking about this movie, like how do we make this? How do we make this? (laughs) Um, I'm no, I'm on board. I'm listening. It's like, I feel like there's so many quote unquote, like Hollywood zaddies currently, like that's the thing Mm -hmm. of the moment um, that like. The opening could be like when it's like, oh, we gotta bring make us daddy. It's like them like having to kill off all the other Hollywood daddies and like take pieces of them to make John Ham. I oh, guess yeah. presumably he would be the head, um, the Franken's daddy. Um, wow, I, I think that would be a good campy time. Wow, or or we could just make multiple Franken's daddies, and it's like John Ham's like you know the lead, and then he finds like the council of other Franken's daddies, mm, and like Timmy, Timmy Oliphant, baby. Oh my God. Ugh, don't even talk about him. I can't even look at that slut. Um, I fucking love him, but yeah, wow. I'm I'm having thoughts now. Wow, I'm so glad to have inspired you. Wants to be my Franken zaddy, so we can have a Franken baby. Oh my god, how perfect! Yeah, that'll Literally. be the sequel. And you know what? I would change my answer. I would bring my husband back again because if he was already <laughs> husband, not even an issue. Yeah. All right. Well, that is 1990s Frankenhooker. I feel like I usually started off. So Anya, why don't you give us your rating this time? My rating um, for Frankenhooker is a solid for Boy Next Door. I think this movie is so much fun. I think it is like ripe for rewatches. Like clearly it is my second time viewing it and nothing changed I was like this is still so fucking banger and I love it and it's like who who do I know that hasn't seen this yet who needs to sit down and watch it with me um I wouldn't go full five stars personally just because like there are like a few things and I feel like there's like just like a tiny like a a, like a grain of salt size like bit before we get to Elizabeth as Frankenhooker when we're with Jeffrey still that I'm just like Come on, come on! I want to get to the fucking Frankenhooker. Hurry up! Um, but yeah, I I highly recommend this movie. Love, 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 love. I I'm notorious. I feel like for going that half star. Um, mm-hmm. My first time watching it, I gave it three and a half, and on second viewing, I was like, "What a fool I was!" Because. And maybe that's just a testament to the fact that it's even better on a rewatch. So mm. I give it four and a half stars. Uh, it is the the final girl slash boy who lives next door, I guess. So it's Jeffrey with his sexy female body. Uh, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, as much as I love brain damage for how stupid it is, I do think now having seen all three basket cases, brain damage and Frankenhooker, I think Frankenhooker is my top Hen and Lauder film. I think it just has all of the qualities of his style that are so exciting and fun. The script is great. The acting is great. You have puppets. You have just like her, just her, just for her alone really is worth the watch. And I think it's a really great movie to show people to watch with groups of friends. It's definitely something I feel like I will 
show people over the next few years whenever I get the opportunity to be like, have you seen this movie? We have to watch really? it. So I highly recommend. I definitely think it's one of um, the the best films we've covered, I think, in general on the podcast. I don't think I give a lot of things four and a half, five stars, but mm-hmm. yeah, highly, highly recommend. Love it. Excellent film. Yeah. Well, that is Frankenhooker. Um, and as previously stated, it's streaming a bunch of places. So even if you listen to this whole conversation and now you're like, I'm ready to watch, it is available to you. Um, and as I said, this is the start of the new year, not the start of a new season yet, but the start of a new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there is plenty to come in that time. And just released right before this, if you haven't listened to it yet, we released our 2023 New Year's Eve special. We went through, in total, 10 horror films from the year that we want to talk about and we like, and usually a bunch of other little fun things sprinkled in there. So definitely make sure to check that out. And as always with that, it is spoiler-free because we're enticing you to watch these movies. Um, and granted, sometimes we're doing that with the main show too, but like, shut the fuck up, okay? Shut up. <laughs> Me always fighting somebody that's not there. Um, be quiet. Um, but yeah, and you know, thank you creeps as always for being with us for this past year and hopefully staying with us through this new year. And as always, keep it creepy. And remember, pretzels good. They really are. Bye. Hi, creeps, and thanks for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We'd like to take a minute to give thanks to Rachel Baldwin, who is the mastermind behind our incredible new intro music. You can follow her on Instagram at Rachel K. Baldwin, and all of her other music is available to stream on all major streaming platforms. We'd also like to thank Raymond Lowell, who's the incredible artist behind our podcast, Artwork. You can follow him on Instagram at rblowell to see all his other incredible work. And then for your two lovely hosts, Alex can be found on Letterboxd at Alex Branley, and I, Anya, can be found on Letterboxd at agarity 15 as well as Twitter. And if you'd like to keep up to date on all things related to our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, follow us on Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH, and if you'd like to send us a message very personally, you can email us at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror at gmail.com. Until next time, creeps, keep it creepy.